0: This is the Winning Plays podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. All
1: right, back here, 98.5 The Sports Sub, and it it's Tim McConan for Joe Murray. We are joined now on the Volkswagen dealer's expert hotline by Mass Live and 98.5 The Sports Sub's Brian Rob, B-Rob, how are we doing tonight?
2: Just fine, Tim, uh, except uh, the Celtics, international players are dropping like flies here, potentially.
1: I know, yeah. you got to talk me off the ledge a little bit when it comes to uh, Chris Stapp's Porzingis. So the report comes out today that he may not play in this FIBA World Cup, which we'll get to why he's even playing in it in the first place would be my question if I was the Celtics. (laughs) Uh, But how serious do you think this could potentially be and how big of a concern do you think this is for the Celtics that he's dealing with potentially a foot injury here?
2: Yeah, I mean... With his injury history, any kind of situation involving, a you know, a foot or a knee for a guy who's seven foot three is, is concerning. With that said, um, the fact that, I mean, this is, this hasn't been confirmed by the team or presenting or anything. This is based on an international reporter um, who had the sole report on this right now. And I think the Latvia coach said he hasn't been, you know, playing in exhibition games as, you know, working through something in the last couple of weeks. So, the fact that they haven't ruled him out entirely is probably a good sign that that's not too nothing too serious because clearly the Celtics as a team wouldn't fool around on a situation like that. But uh, at the same time, anything involving a big guy getting hurt, you know, before the season starts, uh, isn't great. And we've seen, you know, the toll of international play, what it's done to Celtics players before, whether it was Gallinari having brutal luck last year of the torn ACL, or even you know several years ago when Kemba Walker played in the FIBA World Cup, um, which, which was made up of half a Southwark at the time, and then had his knee kind of break down on him halfway through the year. So uh, whether no matter what's going on here, I'd expect the stuff to proceed very cautiously, given what's at stake for this upcoming season.
1: Are you surprised that that teams let their stars play in things like this, especially a guy like a Chris Stapp's Porzingis, who has had injury concerns just based on his size alone since the, the moment that he stepped foot in the NBA and you go back to, to Golinari too, to another guy that's, that's aging and getting up there in age. Like what do you think there are conversations with the Celtics, with these players saying, Hey, you know what? Like maybe you don't play in this. And they, they just say, you know what? I want to represent my country and that's kind of it. Or, or, or do you, or can they have a conversation with Porzingis and say, my guy, we just invested a lot of money in you for the next two years, uh, moving forward after this with this contract extension. Maybe, maybe you don't play for uh, for the Latvia national team.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that this is a concern that you know teams around the league have had for years. And I think I think Mark Cuban has been kind of outspoken about it too in the past pre um, pre Luca. Um, but yeah, it, it's a situation where these get, a lot of these international players are very prideful. In their home country, and that is, if you want to, you know, build a good relationship with these players, you know, shutting them down entirely from playing in these competitions is probably not a good way to do that. Uh, with that said, as you reference, like, the Celtics just put invested a whole lot of money into Porzingis um, before they had to, and you know, made sure he doesn't have to deal with a contract year and everything that comes with that. And so, yeah, you would think that given the timetable here in play that they would certainly not be mad if he pulls out and, you know, I don't need to tell him outright to pull out, but I think certainly I'm sure there's a conversation here going on. If, if Porzingis is his hurt and doesn't feel, you know, close to a hundred percent by the time this rolls around, I'm like, yeah, this is probably not a good idea. We, we have a long grind ahead, hopefully going to be playing over a hundred games as a team this year. Like we're going to need you nine months from now. We don't want you getting beat up or risking something, that could cost our title chances, you know, two months before the season even starts. So it's, I think it's a constant push and pull. Like the all-star players, like the Lucas world, like you, you say, okay, because he's Luca. And if you want him to be there long-term, like this is what you do. He has that kind of power. Um, A guy like Porzingis, I think is at a stage in his career now where it's like, okay, like you're not the super duper star that you once were and you're getting up there in age, and we give a whole lot to get you. So um, I wouldn't be surprised here. I don't expect the Celtics to kind of put their foot down if if something comes up here, but I would certainly expect, you know, Porzingis, hopefully them to see him see the big picture here and be like, listen, like we can't take a risk here if you're not all the way back, and I guess that's something we're going to see whether it plays out in the next couple weeks.
1: Uh, look, I, I've never been uh, accused of being the sharpest tool in the shed by any stretch of the imagination here, B-Rob. But when you've got, uh, you know, Porzingis, Horford, and Robert Williams, uh, and you're relying on them uh, in the front court, you knew that injuries were going to be a concern. But once you kind of have this go on, you're going, man, they really could be thin up front, right? Like the, the injuries and Robert Williams and Porzingis in their history – do you think there's any chance that they add another piece to that front court to just give them some more depth? Because you're relying on some really unreliable guys here moving forward.
2: Yeah, you have to. Like, there's – they have, you know, 14 guys or 13 guys in the roster right now, but only 11 of those guys are on guaranteed deals, and you still have a two-way slot available as well. So I think there's there's without a doubt – I mean, Clay Griffin is still out there. That's not really a guy who – is going to be more than a locker room guy at this point and, and filling in on those back-to-back nights. Yeah. But that he did a pretty good job of that last year, yeah. you know, in the first half of the season. Like, I think mean, he kind of surprised her. I'm like, oh, wow, he has, you know, you don't want to overexpose him. Like, once they started needing him every night, then that became a problem. But, you know, when you when he's playing once a week, like, you, you, look, you get a little, you know, pep in your step. And I think Davey opened up bringing that guy back in. I think on top of that, it's all going to be situational. Like, you, you have to, you know, you have Luke Cornett, you have Blake Griffin as guys who are just like, you know we're getting out of them. But as far as if one other major injury hits to any of those guys, like you mentioned, like, then you're in a in a world of hurt in a hurry in terms of what you can do and how the, the way you can play. So it'll be, I don't expect them to make do anything splashy. I don't expect them to be able to, like, appeal to a, a Christian Wood or a, another prominent, like, big name that's still left in the market because those guys are probably looking for more regular minutes. And the Suns can't give them that unless, you know, someone goes down with an injury. But I think you'd be doing this team uh, and Joe Missoula a big disservice if you, you know, go into the next year with nothing else behind those guys beyond like Luke Cornette and, you know, like Jordan Walsh, like clearly yeah. there needs to be a little more insurance in play there. And I expect them to get that. And even though, you know, Percent can play three or four, as well, but that he's not a true big, well, unlike those guys. All
1: right, we were talking with Brian Rob. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at Brian T Rob. Excuse me, you can find him on X uh, at Brian T Rob. Sorry <laughs> about that. Uh, sorry about that, B Rob. Embarrassing uh, mistake. Man, uh, and right, seriously. So we've been talking NBA for uh, close to a decade together, and I remember when we first started talking about deals in the league. Uh, we talked about how, man, it feels like every, like, one or two years, one of these big names actually shakes loose. And now in the NBA offseason, it's like, what, every three weeks we have another name pop up, Pascal Siakam, the next one. Overall, what do you think of him? And do you think if he winds up getting moved, that's a player that changes the landscape at all of the NBA, or is he a, a, a rung below that in your mind?
2: I think he's definitely a rung below that. In my, in all honesty, McCone, like, we probably talked about back then, I've ever since that bubble series where Jalen Brown, like ate Siakam's lunch back in 2020, like I've just never been a Siakam guy. Like it's, he's someone who is, he obviously won a title, but that's a clear, like he was what the third, fourth best player on that team in that series. And he's, it's, I guess it's compare I mean it's semi comparable to Jalen Brown's situation in terms of like the price tag he's gonna cost. He's gonna I mean he's not gonna be he could become eligible for a supermax if he stays with Toronto and, and makes all NBA. And uh, that's I think why he wants to stay there. He's kind of impostering, saying like I'm not gonna sign extension with any other team I get traded to because he wants to have the chance of that big payday. Um but I don't think, you know, going to Atlanta or any like any other team really, like that's not someone who would really I think, you know, tilt the scales if you will as far as a contender goes he's just someone he puts up nice numbers in the regular season but when it comes to playoffs like it's kind of like when when you have the sky report on him, when you're playing him night after night i think it's a lot easier to to slow him down especially when you're asking him to be a top guy so the hawks i understand why they want to you know they could obviously use someone like him in the front court, a little more dynamic, a little more, um, who can rebound, who can score, um, better than, you know, their other bigs, but I, that would not necessarily, like I would expect that to be a guy for Atlanta or any team he goes, that helps him go like maybe one round further in the playoffs, but doesn't really, you know, move the needle at all. All right. Let's take a break here to hear from our sponsor. FanDuel football season is about to kick off and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. So just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. And you can use those bonus bets on spreads, player props, overrunners, and more. So just head over to Fanduel.com Boston and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's Fanduel.com Boston. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Help us here. GamblingHelplineMA.org or call one 800 327-5050 for 24-7 support. Call one eight hundred one eight seven seven eight hope 8 hopeny or text hope HOPENY as well. 21 plus and present in select states. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire 7 days after receipt. Max bonus $50 unless specified otherwise. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with the Kansas Star Casino. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit Fando.com slash RG. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342. 1-800-789-777 Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. one stop 770 stop in Louisiana or visit mdgamblinghelp.com dot org in Maryland, one eight hundred five two two forty seven hundred Wyoming, or visit one eight hundred gambler dot net in West Virginia. And now back to the show.
1: Uh, what's the latest on Damian Lillard? Do you think he still winds up in Miami, or do you think there is potential now that the NBA is kind of, uh, you know, I I, I don't want to say put the hammer down, but at least come out and and made it known that they don't want players. Uh, you know, singling out teams that they will go to in terms of trades. That that maybe there is a, a sleeper that we could uh, we could be seeing here in the the Damian Lillard sweepstakes.
2: You know, it's fascinating. Like the longer this drags out, McCone, the more it makes me wonder. if, like, are the Blazers just going to like, you know what? Let's just wait and start the season and see if some team gets desperate. Because like, what do we have to lose? Because if you if you don't if you didn't like the Miami offer last month you're not going to like it next month. <laughs> like, it's just like it's not going to change. I'm with you. Not, yeah. maybe, maybe they will, you know, maybe they're holding back some stuff. Maybe they're saying, oh, yeah, we're not going to include Caleb Martin and stuff like that. But if they're not going to empty the full covered for you with all the picks, with whatever they can get for Hero, and then, you know, some of the role guys and stuff like that, then, yeah, it's like, okay, that deal is going to be there. They're, they're not going to, you know, be in a great spot no matter what. They already know, like half the roster knows that they are a threat to be traded, so make them – Make the urgency fall off them because you know you have Lillard for three more years here. Maybe someone else gets hurt in training camp, or some other team says like, "Ooh, I don't like this combination. Like, let's like let's take a swing here and like try to get Lillard here for you know in December or something like that." So we'll see. We'll see if this is if this is posturing on their end to to just try to get squeeze more out of Miami right now. Make them because they know that they're that's a, the ultimate death spot where they can probably get the most out of um, in the next couple months, but. If I'm their GM, like there's it might be a situation where there's really nothing to lose because I don't think Miami's gonna walk away from the table um if they have to wait a month or two in the season. I think they're always gonna be there and it's a matter of you know, raising the press all for them or having some other suitor come to the table when things go wrong for them.
1: All right, He is, uh Brian Robb of Mass Live. B Robb, thanks for taking the time tonight. Hopefully we will not be uh discussing a long term I just I really don't want to go through a whole season here. We're already talking about Porzingis banging no, up. No, this is on not August what you May. want. This is not this is not the way we want things to. This is not the way we want things to go. So hopefully, uh, this is just At a pass. Al a passing Horford
2: stage. is not playing for the Dominican Republic. So it's that's a win. That's, that's a big win. So that that's a win. Brissett not playing for Team Canada. So again, these guys get healthy now. Get you know full board in training camp. Here is what the Celtics should be looking for, and. Um, It'd be fun to watch Porzingis at this uh, at this level, but at the same time, it'd be uh, I think everyone would much rather see him in, in training camp at 100%. All
1: right, B Rob, thanks for taking the time tonight. I appreciate it.
2: All right, thanks. All
1: right, he is uh, Brian Robb of Mass Live, uh, also of course of 98.5 The Sports Hub, uh, as well uh, on with uh, Gasper Murray uh, every weekend uh, for uh, for obviously uh, Gasper Murray there. So B Rob, uh, talking us off the ledge there a little bit, Skaz. Chris Gasper. Oh God.
0: Big Jim Murray. Give me, fuel, give, me fire. give me that which I desire. It's Gasper and Murray. On Boston's Health for Sports. 98.5 The Sports Hub. ninety-eight uh, mari 98.5 Sports Hub. Hey, you know, so uh, it's been uh, the first time in a few weeks that uh, I am on uh, this show with my name on it. It's the summertime, it happens, but it's been a few weeks since we've seen our own B-Rob, Brian Rob, who yeah. covers the Celtics for Mass Live. Summer been uh, quiet for you, B-Rob, not much Celtics stuff going on, but I wonder if you have any intel on the one thing I did find interesting about the Seas on uh, the last few days is that uh, Wick Grosbeck has apparently really made a pitch to the league to host the All-Star game. In uh, is it 2026? I think it is, it's 2026. Yeah, so do you think it could happen?
2: Why not at this point? I mean, what has it been? At least for them, it's been since think, 1960 60 years, right? it's incredible. Yeah, and so I think the thing that's been holding them up in the past, well, a, a lot of reasons, but like with the, the arena, like the garden, is it's a it's was obviously made in the 90s, but it's still like ancient compared to other arenas around the league at this point. But they've done so much work in that area now, I think there's enough you know, hotels, et cetera, around, right around the garden there to kind of accommodate all the stuff that comes with an all-star weekend. So it'll be cool. it would be cool to have all those opportunities there. And obviously this town is overdue for an all-star game period.
0: 1999 is the last time we've had any all-star game. So it's the MLB all-star game. Really? No, no. You just looked at me like, really? No, it's crazy. And I've heard Beatle talk about this on his show too. Like we're way, way overdue for one of these in whatever respective sport you want to bring up whether it's nhl mlb or the nba 64 for the celtics which is crazy it's 96 for the bruins
3: oh i remember that that was great ray bork scoring the game winner. Yeah. that was awesome man but uh
0: it. yeah it's been way way too long now someone emailed in yesterday and made a great point just in one sentence saying think about the traffic uh, point taken yeah no that wouldn't be great but i don't know like yeah we've made strides here the seaport's now vibrant look if If this thing can be held in gross Orlando in you know, stupid Salt Lake City, we can host an NBA All-Star Well, Salt Lake
3: City is the one. I mean, I have to tell you, from a cultural standpoint, um, you know, like for the culture, uh, capital F, capital C, the NBA All-Star game is like, you know, the Black Super Bowl. It's huge. It's a cultural touchstone. So I think one of the things that's really good is that we just had the NAACP convention here, and I think that that is something – that can help pave the way for bringing the NBA all-star game here. People being comfortable coming here, people finding there is stuff for them, having a good time, you know, the NAACP convention had not been here since I think 82. So it'd been a long time. So I think having something like that here probably makes it easier in a lot of ways to have the NBA all-star game. Cause I know people talk about convention center space and hotel rooms and
0: yeah, that's real. No, it's about the city's perception.
3: Yeah, I mean, people don't, you know, people don't want to come here. So and there's concerns about culturally, will I be able to enjoy myself or find the things that I want to find or will it be welcoming or accepting? I mean, this is something the city has had to deal with for a long time. So I think that is also something that Boston has had to overcome. Look, for a very long time, they just didn't have the building, period, regardless of what the racial climate was here. You weren't going to hold it in the old garden. I mean, what were you going to do? You know, have you put like NBA all-star pennants and little jerseys on the rats running around? I mean, it, it was just not viable. But it is highly unusual, you both have to admit, to open a new building as they did in 1995 and not get it. Normally, new buildings get it within the first five years.
0: Right, it's like a lock. It's almost like, yes. kinda like part of the deal. You build a new building. Yeah. Like you're going to get and, a big event. And, and
3: now they would get it. If they get it in, in 2026, you're talking about a building that will then be 30 years old and get it for the first time.
0: Yeah, what do you make of the uh, that this Kristaps Porzingis foot thing uh, be, Rub? It's been uh, you know reported he's not going to play in the FIBA World Cup because of a foot injury. Then again, he's posted on Instagram that he's working out, and then you have some Latvian news outlet basically saying in their language like all fake news. Yeah, the um,
3: Kevin Brown of Latvia yeah. got <laughs> nothing to see here.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I'm glued to the. Uh, there's a bunch of exhibition games
2: coming up for Latvia, and all these teams gearing up for the World Cup, and I want to see is he gonna is he gonna play for any of those? That's gonna tell the tale right there. Uh, I would hope if you're the Celtics right now, the answer is no. Because even before, I mean, they gave this guy the long extension. I think they that was probably part and parcel of getting this deal done. He probably doesn't opt in. He doesn't come here unless they give him those two years and a little handshake deal before. But now, especially with happened, what happened with Gallinari last summer, like and the, the pressure that's on this group entering this year, like you want this guy to be at 100% given his injury history. So... Um, if he is going to play, you, you hope it's not that much in the next couple of weeks.
3: Yeah, they're, I mean they are absolutely screwed if he gets hurt, and the and the way Gallinari did, or any sort of major injury if he gets hurt in this thing. So I mean that that would, they just don't have the flexibility or the depth to really be able to withstand that. They put a lot of a lot of eggs, excuse me, in the Kristaps Porzingis basket. I, I want to know, B Rob, will you be live blogging these Latvia games? <laughs> For mass live,
2: yeah, I'm sure the the 3 a.m. starts whatever. So they're playing, I think, in like the in Japan or like the Philippines. They're playing somewhere in Southeast okay. Asia. So the the start times will be pretty rough, like they are for the Women's World Cup right now. Okay, uh, but we'll be all over it if uh, if I won't be definitely won't be live tweeting that if oh. it's at 3 a.m. But uh, we'll be on it. Well, I'm, I'm gonna have to talk coverage. to your
3: boss about that as yeah. a mass live subscriber. <laughs> I think I, I think I want I think I want those those live. I want to wake up and see. You know, the live, the, just sort of the stream of live yeah. updates from Brian Rob. I mean, you have it, you know, you have Z-Rob, you'll be up anyway. This is true. Yeah. This is, yeah. Right? Is and it I mean,
2: better sleep? You're right. But the, uh, yeah, the 3.30 a.m. middle of the night Twitter is uh, it's a different animal. So um, we'll in,
3: in all seriousness, B-Rob, I, and I should know this, but I don't. So I apologize for my ignorance. Where is the FIBA World Cup this year?
2: I believe it's in, I want to see the Philippines or Japan.
3: Okay, oh, Oh. so So that's where I, – I thought you were saying they were going there to just play exhibition games. Oh, no, no, it's, it's over there. That's where it is. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So they'll be
2: – yeah, so I think a lot of teams all over the world right now are playing exhibitions against each other in Europe, et cetera. I think okay. USA is going to get in on that in the next couple of weeks here, but then they all go, you know, other side of the globe USA here.
3: has Slovenia, is it today or tomorrow? I think
0: today, and Luka's sitting out for yeah, that one. Yeah,
3: Luca's not playing. Luke is not playing.
0: So, uh, you know, pardon my ignorance here. It's maybe a dumb question, but I'm going to ask. So if there is something going on with Porzingis' foot, contractually, could the Celtics get out of it, like if this was a pre-existing condition?
2: Ooh, in terms of that contract? Yeah. Probably not, um, unless there's injury guarantees written in the O, and I've heard that that's not the case. So they can, you know, they can try to ensure the contract on their own as a team, like separately, but they – that situation with them where – they they probably hold the control over Porzingis in terms of they can tell him hey man like we don't want you to play over there like don't play Yeah, um, but that risks obviously pissing him off
0: you can't it, tell me that this is nothing though cuz it did feel i mean the Gallinari thing last summer yeah. was you know worst case scenario but this the, i like if he didn't want to play in it i would think you would just want to hear well he doesn't want to play in it like to hear that there's some sort of foot issue is I mean, that's like, that could be Especially so bad.
3: Especially for a guy who's 7'3. I right. And whenever you talk about big guys, big guys,
0: I mean, lower body injuries, Yao torque Ming, injuries, thing Bill like that. Bill Walton, like, right.
3: you know, foot injury. that's terrifying.
0: No, it's the last
2: thing you want to hear before a 100 game grind. And if you think about last time that uh, saw this win in the World Cup, Kemba Walker. That was oh, the year oh, before right, his right. knee right. got yeah, compl- like halfway dust. through the year. Like, yeah, he was turned into point. like dust yeah. the way through the year. So, it is, I mean, I get for a second, like, he didn't play much last season. The Wizards shut him down at the end of the year. So getting a couple competitive games and like that's not the worst game in the world if he's a hundred percent. But if he's not, if this is anything that could crop up and then force him to miss training camp because he played you know high level basketball you know in August here, that's I'm to feel like that's you know you want the Celtics hopefully to have him walk away from that.
3: B Rob, right. I'm just what did you make of the interview that uh, my colleague Adam Himmelsbach had with Rick Grossbeck about the team? I thought it was sort of interesting when he was talking about the meeting with Missoula and Brad Stevens talking about the idea that they sort of understood they couldn't go forward with the same group which i think is maybe a little bit at odds with what some of the fans felt in terms of you know run it back it seems like they pretty early on decided like nope that's not going to get it done
2: yeah that that definitely stuck out to me from that one it's uh those those type of conversations you'd think you know we've talked about those this like for years on this program and for them to for what happened during that run against the Heat, being like, okay, this is—I think it was much more than that series. But for them to get to a point where being like, it's now or never, right now. It's like, if we're going to make a move with Smart or someone else in their roster, we have to decide it now because in one more year, those super maxes kick in, and then we won't have the flexibility to do it. So, it's good to see them, I think, come together on that. Hopefully, have some agreement on that. Whether Porzingis is the right gamble to do on that front remains to be seen. But I think it was a bit refreshing to hear him, you know, talk about it in that
1: way.